0: Hey, this is Eric Hernandez from um, CMOS, and this is a new episode of the podcast. I'm being joined by... Hi, this is uh, Yanal Kawalit.
1: Hi, I'm Lauren Ascott, And I'm Niyeli Sension.
0: Today, we are your hosts for this week's podcast. So today, um, this week was kind of a mix of sorts, uh, besides like the gardening, um, a movie we watch called The Guardians, and as well as a, a project that we're sort of getting into this week. Um, Today we're going to discuss specifically about um, immigration, but also sort of like what we've been up to this week, specifically with gardening, as to not like get too much into it. And so um, this week for gardening, it was myself and Nick, as well as Yanal and Leon. Uh, Do you want to get into what you did for this
2: week? Yeah, so uh, in terms of the greenhouse that we did, we kind of just transplanted some milkweeds on there it's uh, kind of funny because these are the same plants that we're, that next year's interns are going to be using. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of what we did for that greenhouse.
0: I remember uh, when we first actually, I think it was week one or two, um, some of the plants that, we, that were actually given to us or that we work with were planted by the interns from last year, which I thought was like a pretty interesting detail that I picked up um, this week as I was also transplanting plants from one to another. Right. It wasn't anything too complicated, but Matthew was really
2: like straightforward and um, very easy to work with. Uh, yeah, and uh, I guess Niall and Lauren. When do you guys have like your next announcement day?
1: So it's like the next upcoming week. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, sometime next week, and I'll be there um, Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, I'm looking
0: forward to that. <laughs> did you know that? did Matthew ever tell you that he lived in uh West Berlin during um the Cold War?
1: Really, I I heard
0: uh I heard people. I, apparently I heard someone say that he was like a negotiator of some oh, sort. You mentioned that, but so, apparently. Um, I don't know he didn't go too deep into that, but he said that he lived in West Berlin during the, the Cold War, I think during the climax, which I thought was
2: pretty interesting. I kind of wanted to ask more, but not too much since yeah. I
0: focused on the work.
2: I mean, he's been through a lot. Uh, he was yeah. talking about mentioning uh, sort of like working at the private sector, public sector and all that. Mm-hmm. But I guess uh, to kind of transition back from that tangent right there, uh, I guess we can maybe talk a little bit about our environment. I was thinking, because I know our topic this week for week seven is environmental justice. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to say, like, in your communities, do you guys consider, like, do your communities take extra care of the environment? What about the government? Um, That's kind of a a loose question for me, because we do do have
0: La Vita Park. You remember, because we went there a couple weeks ago. In terms of environments, I guess... I guess you can say that we're, we're more stepping more towards the right direction because recently we just brought down like a, a whole factory that was like spewing nauseous. Definitely buildings. a good sign, yeah. So, so far that's a step in the right direction because beforehand it was, it's pretty much been there for like almost like more than 19 years obviously since it's, it was there before I was born and so on and so forth okay. but it just got taken down.
2: What about you guys?
1: Well, um, so the suburb I live in, which is like around the Schomburg area, does a pretty good job. There's been like a lot of initiatives initiatives lately to like um add more like recycling bins like around the neighborhood and neighborhood park. But what the real issue is where my family is from, um, in Mexico, they're from like a small the highlands of Jalisco. And the gar- there's garbage everywhere. They're like they try their best, I mean from their capacity to like actually put like the garbage where it belongs, but like I don't know why, but lately there's garbage everywhere. There's garbage on the side of the roads, there's garbage in like the forests. And that's been really affecting like the wildlife population, especially like in the mountains, like there's like coyotes and whatnot. And like, there's been like a, a decline because of all the garbage, and because like they eat that and like affects them a lot.
0: You bring up a good point actually, because uh, like I said, I've been in like, my school a lot here and there. And the amount of dirty, like polluted rivers I seen, it's crazy, like it's more than I could have ever imagined. Like mm-hmm. I remember I used to go swim in a lot of these rivers as a kid, oh. and I never paid attention to how polluted oh. they were until I, I got older. Because, like, when I go back, these rivers were even more polluted than when I got into them. Like, I could barely, I couldn't, the water wasn't even clear, it was just like brown, like murky, just like and probably not safe to swim in as it was beforehand. But yeah. I can attest to that.
1: Like, even here in Chicago, like, the lake is like dirty. Like, mm-hmm. the other anyone, it's like really dirty and like, I don't know. Like and those, supposedly Chicago has like the cleanest water, like in the United States, like the best drinking water. But like, it's yeah. bad. Thing with the river. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, yeah it like, like It was like murky, like full of. I don't even know if it's like dirt or algae. I'm not sure what it was, but like you couldn't see the bottom, like you could in like previous years. Like you would mm-hmm. pick it up, or like you would like try to like I guess like wash your hand in like the water from the sand, and it just like come out worse because of ooh, all the dirt that's in there. See yeah, that water.
2: You go. you're good uh, so something I want to bring up so you mentioned like in uh, Jalisco was it yeah so like just trash everywhere all that. yeah that's something similar like to how Jordan is uh, they really don't really care about the environment they'll literally cut down trees grasses put mm-hmm. buildings there and like the trash is just everywhere so I'm kind of hoping their government can do more about it I guess not
0: and
2: if anything the community I grew up or not the community I grew up in uh, the community mm-hmm. I lived in here in like Illinois when I first moved in here because I lived with my aunt in like a suburban area. Mm-hmm. I always assume that the U.S. is like really amazing to take care of the environment because all I see is green trees and like grass. But did you guys know that the grass, they like painted over?
1: Really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. What like it's mean? not like Can the grass.
2: is Exactly. Like it's not as, the grass you see is not necessarily like fresh and it's like green and all that. Sometimes if it's like dry or something, it'll just literally paint it green. That's I don't one know, thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Another thing is uh, if you try to grow any like exotic plants, depending on which neighborhood you're in, like your neighbors might complain and have you take that down because it could like risk the oh, property yeah, like the value. Yeah, because
1: of um, HOAs, right? Or yeah, like yeah. homeowner like, the association
2: like, basically. It's like messed up.
1: And then so much water is spent on lawns and lawns don't really yeah, bring exactly. anything. Yeah, it's just so the lawns are not sustainable. Yeah, just yeah. the water
2: being wasted on there. It's it like, doesn't
1: bring like biodiversity to like at all, seen,
2: ecosystem I, at all. I've seen
0: people who just like fully like I don't know if this is the right word, um, like fully like pimp out their front lawns and it's like, there's no point in doing that. Like, what's the point? Like, if you want to, I feel like if you want to focus on something like at least like have a garden and not just like go all out in a front yard if it's not going to serve any it's purpose just, yeah. to Like us. to go off
1: of what Eric said, like I have a neighbor who like has like, he's kind of like those people who are like don't step on my lawn. And like he has a dog and he like specifically bought artificial like lawn and like this tiny little corner of his house that his dog can go on there but he like the dog's not allowed in like the backyard to actually like go on the lawn mm. and like do his necessities. Which I find very redundant. Like, why would you waste money?
2: it's just there uh, for show, basically. It's
1: there for show, but I'm just like, what's the point of a lawn?
2: I bet that fake grass gets watered.
1: Yeah, it probably (laughs) does. I mean, watered something else, but it definitely gets (laughs) watered.
0: Uh to go back to what your point was when you mentioned the grass i haven't noticed that actually because like sometimes when i'd be in the field i noticed how like unnatural the sheen of the grass was. I was like why does it shine so much it's like it doesn't feel real and when i touch it like it would feel like literal plastic it was like i never really understood it but i guess now that seems to be the reason you know what i mean right just like
2: the glisten and it just
0: was so, cool. it doesn't feel natural. Sometimes it's just like
2: dry. That's like, that's, yeah. that's the one way you know that, the, like, it's very green. It's like, it feels really dry and not like,
0: Even with how unnatural our environment feels, there's actually been a lot of conservation efforts to help restore much of what was have yeah. lost. Um, I think one of the parks that we went to this week was
2: actually, like, I think David mentioned that it was a. On Friday when we went to the CBG, we were gym. like uh, yeah. walking around. Uh, uh, Prairie yeah, some of the yeah. s- some of it was like restored and some like when you passed by and David was telling us that like oh this is actually like na- like one of the few native prairies left on there. So I guess in terms of like restoration, what do you guys think of like some sort of struggles in trying to restore ecosystems because I know one of the articles was talked about like the uh just what, what I I says- Puerto Rico was going about um just like a, a
0: disaster that they had. I think was it Katrina? I don't remember. But it was a it was a hurricane that happened a couple years ago. I think it was Katrina actually. And so they were getting into initially how the government, um, since Puerto Rico is a territory, obviously everybody knows this, um, how the president at the time pretty much lambasted Puerto Rico. And so they they gave them relief funding, but not enough to really like help them get back on their feet from recovering after such a, like a huge disaster. So you had a lot of these like organizations being established and um, to help provide like relief, not just and to like, for people whose homes were destroyed for like training people to, essentially to prepare in case something like this happens, you know, cause like even though like this hurricane just like went and gone, like who's to say that another one won't happen in the next couple of years or so. And it won't be, and who, who's to say that it won't be as devastating as, like, the previous?
2: Yeah, so months. it kind of connects back to, like, the effects of climate change, basically, because hurricane season, like, mm-hmm. even the fires in California, all that stuff's just yeah, getting worse. Getting worse. Yeah, um, so I guess, because you were technically like, you are up there a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, like, um, I'm not, like, the fires have been getting worse, but it also, like, um, drought is getting a lot yeah. worse, I guess. Yeah. Um, I know my aunts were talking about, they, like, they cannot, like, water their lawns, like, all the time. Like, it has to be, like, right, like, certain days you can water the lawn and like you can only waste like x amount of water and like it's becoming drier and drier and like there's you know how like there's like theories that like california is gonna like break off from like the U.S. so it's like gonna sink and like it's like a genuine fear of them for them now especially like i guess it's like becoming so dry i don't feel like it's gonna be like habitable in and like the, a few years the drying
2: scene just makes it much much worse for mm-hmm. like with the fires and all that
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah it, so that's, and that's, i
2: guess in terms of like all that because obviously all the habitat loss that's happening from all the fires mm-hmm. what do you guys think are like good ways to like restore habitats i guess because i don't know we're talking about like the mm-hmm. what was it called the hypothesis in the paper we read
1: oh uh, the field of dreams yeah field hypothesis. of
2: dream hypothesis So like i don't know what do you guys think about that
1: i think i think it kind of is right like i feel like if we try to restore like like more reforestation like plant more trees and whatnot i feel like things should come it's well, yeah. like, the yeah. point of hypothesis, but... But, like, yeah, how the paper mentioned is that there has to be, like, a lot of maintenance to it. Like, yeah. they don't... Like, it's not just that they restore it, and they just leave it alone. Like, they have to, like, maintain it a lot, especially for prairies. Like, they have to, like, keep on, like, destroying it every once in a while because that's how it is naturally. Like these disturbances
2: and that's, stuff like yeah. that.
0: And that's something that I noticed, too, at that park Monday. I saw, like, burnt thatch and, like, wood on the floor and that basically... And I asked David about it. He brought up, like, like yeah, that was burnt. So, obviously, that gets into... That aspect of like maintaining that little patch, you know, it's, it's like a tiny prairie, but to maintain that, it's just like it requires some sort of like external force. I feel so. It's like obviously you can not go with restoration, but you you have to give some effort to to maintain that, if you know what I'm saying. But
2: okay. you guys, oh, go ahead now. I'm mean,
1: actually you glad you brought up like the the burn fires, like the controlled fires, or whatnot, because actually in California, that's why the fires are so bad because there's like no controlled burnings here like like you know how they do like controlled burnings for the prairies here they don't do that to the forest like over there so Mm -hmm. like everything is super dry and it kind of like accumulates Mm -hmm. and like just once like a fire starts like it's game over basically for all of california
2: have you guys uh this is like off tangent (laughs) but have you guys heard of like all the gender reveal parties that would happen yeah that's what i'm
1: thinking about right
2: now yeah literally that's the thing that starts
1: like so many fires oh because they're what is it, that, that thing? Firework or something. Uh-huh, there was like a firework and like it was <laughs> explosive. It like a completely like <laughs> devastated California. And like I'm lucky because like I well grew up in LA County, so it's like basically LA. Mm-hmm. So like I mean it's just like a city there. So I wasn't affected, but I know my aunt who lives in like Rancho Cucamonga, and like that's in like the southern like more southern more portion of the state. But, like it was like devastated. It was like really bad. Like people were, like were running from their homes because like obviously you're not gonna burn to death.
2: Yeah, but like you lose your property. Yeah, also, and you lose obviously. your property and your yeah. memories and at least mm-hmm. no life. No, not. Oh boy, yeah.
0: It's also reminds me of that huge uh fire that happened in Australia a couple years back. You remember that? I
1: think it was last year. Was yeah. last I think it was year, like yeah. during the pandemic was like, and everything it was, bad. Yeah. it was like
2: what, January, the whole assassination, yeah. February was like fires. Was it February or was it March? Or was it after I, the pandemic?
1: It was. I think before. I think it was before.
2: Fires were before. Like yeah. it just everything on like 2020 just seemed like a crazy year. Like we yeah, had like fires, like koalas and all that. It
1: thing. was so yeah. sad. Like there was videos of like all these animals dying. But I saw there were like some people were trying to save them, take them out of the fire mm-hmm. and all that. But it destroyed a lot of, like the environment. And also I think what was it like in South America? Like there was a fire too of like the Amazon.
2: Oh my god yeah, yeah amazon burning. Love the
1: amazon yeah and
2: besides already the cutting that's already happening there and
1: yeah the, like the uh, deforestation there is pretty devastating
2: so mm-hmm. to kind of go from there the deforestation i know like in the movie the guardians mm-hmm. that we talked about uh, they were talking about like chopping like how these people in the community do you guys remember the name of the community by any chance um no
1: i don't mm-hmm. recall it, but i remember. know it was a community in uh Mitrakan. Yeah. i think they yeah. said it was a technically indigenous community mm-hmm. but i understand their point why people like during the movie they the community would come together and kind of complain that, like, oh, why can't I lodge my wood if it's like for my home or like to make money? But like, corporations can do that. Yeah. But yeah. I also get like it's like a conservation effort, but like you also have to live, but you also need the forest to live. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like so hard to balance both conservation and, you know,
0: yeah. living. I think they brought up a point that's like, you can't, I don't know, if be wrong. it's like you can't live in nature if you don't, like, if you're not outside. If you're if you're inside all the time, like you can't really like appreciate or understand nature. And I feel like compared to like other countries like maybe the United States or Australia, where it's like it's a little more easier to like maintain conservation efforts. And a country like Mexico, it's it's a whole struggle. Like there's a part of the movie where there was these dudes that were wielding like AK forty sevens or whatever other variant just to like mm-hmm. defend the forest. And it's like Sometimes when you have to like take things up to drastic measures like sometimes like that's the only choice that you're left out with because If your government is not doing anything for you, like what else can you do? Like, you like you to have do to do things do yourself yeah. and do it yourself. Or you might end up like, I think it was Santos, who got arrested mm-hmm. and was released five months later because I think the judge uh, acknowledged his right to protect the land. But
2: can you guys of- imagine the cases of like what would happen? So it was like maybe a different judge or how many people I, are actually arrested? Yeah.
1: And glad you brought that up, Eric, because I find it funny because they, like the town was like, on guard 24 seven. So what was the difference between like the guard that they have for the community versus just, not just protecting his like own land? Like his own land. Yeah. I'm not sure what the difference was there or what like the trouble like caused. Cause they were like stealing his avocados and uh-huh. all that. And like, he relies on that to live and for his family to like be able to live.
0: That's a whole issue there too with uh with cartels. Like Leo brought that up. There's like a whole like, war going on with like cartels like taking avocados there's been a lot of stuff that's actually been happening um lately with the cartels and it's like it's not good
1: yeah the cartels are mostly when they mean big corporations. i feel like they're just kind of hitting to the cartels because in my town like that's a huge issue like they'll rob people's like because like obviously i live in the highlands so like doing lumber and like wood is like basically how people make their living and like they will steal like truckloads of like things and nobody can say anything because it's like the cartels what are you gonna do you're just gonna have to be like whatever they stole it and move
2: on they, they have have, like, so much got like the issue of like basically deforesting because i think it was oak trees right what, yeah, I oak tree, tree, yeah. it's like oak trees and then like icon it's like people are just trying to defend their land and government's not stepping up because probably they're getting money i assume i, I yeah, would assume yeah, yeah. otherwise Something
1: like that. if they're yeah. making
0: profit out of it then there's no reason to like, stop the system it. that's how it's been you know like noticing like i said Notice, I've been in the same communities for like so many years, noticing how things don't change. Like, you kind of realize how much the government doesn't care, you know? Like, seeing how people um, were like at 15 that still don't know how to read. Like, I've known people that lived in those communities that still don't know how to read and all that. I think there was a point where my grandma herself, uh, when she was still alive, she didn't know how to read but um, she did. She knew how to count her money, which is like a whole other detail. But like my dad had to help her all the time when it came to like, with documents and all that. So yeah.
2: I guess like in terms of the movie too, because uh, obviously it's pretty bad, with all like the cartels and mm-hmm. yeah, cartels, yeah. corporations, and just, and like, again, it's just the sort of like the, the profit incentive with like, people are like to when you mentioned like in the communities they're saying like why can't I chop my trees like chop a tree down like most of the time they're just doing it for like sustainability and I feel mm-hmm. like in terms of if the community itself I feel like it's still sustain itself in the forest because they're already replanting trees so yeah. like yeah. chop down maybe chop down like a tree or two because it's like for families. it's not like but these companies are going for mass production yeah. so they're literally like same thing was going on with the Amazon too there's cutting cutting they're cutting fucking Nestle this. corporation all that stuff but and it's really affecting the monarch population. Yeah. And I guess to segue from that, because I know like monarchs have to go through like a migration on that. I know the LCC mentioned we had an assignment on you interview some a family member or a community member that has uh, either immigrated from another country or, or migrated within place yeah, place. within yeah, place to place. So I guess who you guys find to interview? Lauren.
1: Uh, yeah, so I plan to interview my father. So yeah, he moved from uh, Michigan, Mexico here to Chicago, Illinois, but he's actually also been to like North Carolina. He like worked there for a while and he was like not with his family. So he like came over here when he was like about 19 years old. So he was raised over there. He still has a lot of memories from Mexico and like always misses it and stuff like that. So uh, he, he has like a very interesting story on that. So I'm excited to like know more about it.
0: Good
1: yeah, I'm also, like Lauren, I'm also going to interview my dad. Um, He moved from Jalisco, Mexico, to um, California. And, like, just like Lauren's dad, from California, now we're living in Chicago.
2: How long was that, if you guys don't mind me asking? It was...
1: like, um, my dad came here, like, 1992, around there. Yeah. So it's been a wow. while. And my dad also came around the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere around that. I can't remember the date, but... Yeah. yeah, he's been here a while.
0: Uh, so my sh- initial plan was to do my uh, was to interview my father, but since he's busy, I can't really reach out to him. Since mm-hmm. he has his, like own business and everything. But it's like, sorry for the flex.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry, that was like accidental. <laughs> Anyways, let me get back to it. So my dad, uh, he was born and raised in Jalisco. Um, he was born in '69. He went to California for a bit, I think, in the mid to late '80s, and then he went back. And I'm pretty sure that's when he met my mom. And then they went to chicago if i'm not mistaken so like he's been from like place to place and i'm pretty sure there's a lot more he's been to that i'm not aware of but my mom is probably the closest thing i have since uh obviously i see her more and yeah so i'm gonna do you know when they moved here uh probably i as far as i know um early 90s because that's possibly early 90s or earlier before that like in the late 80s because that's um my brothers and sisters were born here
2: in the early 90s. So I kind of had, my original plan was to do my mom. But just because she's in Jordan, it would like complicate things a little. So I just decided to go with my older brother.
0: Because
2: mm-hmm. I have two brothers and eldest. and like a middle child. I'm the youngest. I'm interviewing like the middle one. Just because uh, we moved here like what, 2014. So I'm kind of excited to see what his perspectives on it. Because I don't know, like me and my brothers, we kind of don't have like those talks. Bye. Mm-hmm. That's the last so Do you guys have those conversations with your siblings? Any chance? Or?
1: Well, not with my siblings yeah. because we were all born here. I mean, yeah. technically, with the youngest, because she was born in Chicago and the rest of us were born. Well, the, me and my little sister were born in California. So we make fun of her. I'm like, ah, you're, you're not. A <laughs> I was like, you're not a real. Because you at know, home, um, California used to be part of Mexico. And I was yeah. like, you're not a real Mexican. You were born all in other Chicago. Yeah, but no. no, we're also joking. She's well, if you feel like you're Mexican, you're a real Mexican. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, than that especially with like my parents and stuff like that and mostly my dad because he was um he did come here you know not in the best way but now nah, it's all good.
2: Fair enough. Maybe yeah along. my
1: parents like they never really talked about it and like I don't know growing up I didn't really think that was a thing but then like you know with everything going on like in media so I like learned about it more I was like you know I started asking my parents about it and they were like yeah like we came over here from Mexico and so I'm always curious. I'm always the one that has to ask them. They won't tell me. I have to actively ask them, and I think it's really cool to like learn about more about the history and how our family has. Been yeah,
2: kind of gets back to what the LCC was telling us about like uh, validating the narrator, whoever they are, just to kind of get them more comfortable to talk about their experiences, especially yeah. if you're really interested in want to know more about it. Yeah. By you, Eric. Um, what was the question again? Sorry. So like basically whether it's like with your siblings or with your parents, like you often talk about identity or like their experience before, or is it no. sort of something you're identity, about to do for the first time?
0: Identity was something I had to discover for myself. Like my mom, my parents,
2: no one ever talked to
0: me about it. Like just radio silence. I'd say the closest person I've ever talked to when it comes to my family is my brother. Cause you know, like, yeah, he came out to me a couple years ago. And I was the only person I knew at the time, and obviously I haven't told anyone since. And he hasn't fully come out. So I can a imagine the level of trust between. So you guys. it's yeah, it's it's huge, and so it's opened up more and more. But like identity was something I had to discover myself for myself on my own, mostly because it's like my dad was always he's always out, and still is out of country, like working and like um, doing his like his his business. He needs to in order to like to help us sustain. And my mom's a stay-at-home mom, so it's like, I can't, I mean, I can talk to her, but most of the time she's going to be doing other stuff and, like, errands and all that, so it's like, I can't really, like, I don't really have anyone to talk to. I'm at a point where it's like, everyone's, like, has their own things going on, and I have time to myself, so it's like, I have to reflect, I have to think, and, and I have especially to discover like it's hard when, so,
2: Discovering your identity I, itself is really yeah, it's, hard. I, it's like,
0: I've had to be a total, like, maverick about it. It's <laughs> like, there's no one that's going to, like, you know? I mean and in the future I do plan on talking about it, you know. No, like, no one's gonna, gonna tell you what to be. You have to like figure that out yeah, for yourself. It's for just part, like for the most part. I would say my dad a little bit, but mostly on my heritage, just, to like, just yeah. like that teenage topic. Like, yeah. And no I guess that's final that. remarks. Are you guys excited to oh, wait, conduct the interview or I had a question? So we'll in a, a sense, um, I also thought about it in my own terms. So even um, in some ways, we do feel like monarchs because uh, at some point in our lives, we do go from place
2: to place. Yeah. So. so I guess as, uh, I mean, yeah, because it definitely relates to, like, the monarchs and all that. So I guess as final remarks, do you guys have any, are you excited to do the interviews? Maybe.
1: Yeah, I'm
0: excited to, like, just, like, share the story. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. The only thing I'm not excited for is transcribing from Spanish to English because I know for sure I'm going to hit some translations.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, so just like Eric, I'm not excited about the... <laughs> bilingual transcription I'm going to have to do but I am excited to talk to my dad about his story even though we've talked about it before like my dad's I'm thankful that my dad's very open he's never been like quiet about like also because I milk him during like my essay so I ask him a lot of stuff but yeah I'm very excited to talk to my dad about his immigration story
2: okay and uh that's it for our podcast thank you for tuning in it's time for us to tune out